got Alrighty. stairs there this, this, this hour. Yeah, like I found that putting it on like the metal bit worked. Oh, yeah. um, it worked quite well. But then, obviously, when I got back, then I'd set this one up and it was fucking down there. So it's obviously fallen over. Um, yeah. What a way to introduce this episode of the podcast talking about microphone placement. <laughs> uh, welcome to this episode of the Liverpool Strength Podcast. I'm Martin Kimberley, joined as ever by the Liverpool Strength chef, James McPhee. <laughs> He's left his apron and hat at home, unfortunately. Um, I've, I've left it in the office, haven't I? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, where else would you need it? Um, how's life, James? Not bad, just, again, messing with the mic. Just going to I need to fidget. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this week we've got a few things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, obviously, uh, being a strength and fitness-based uh, nutrition uh, and all things gym-related podcast. Um, one of the things that is kind of a big sort of stumbling block for people is knowing where to start. And so before we get into this episode, uh, we actually have a 21-day course called the Fundamentals Program, which basically talks you through the whole process of training. If you've never trained before, uh, it meets you where you're at. We program out 21 days worth of training, uh, 21 days worth of nutrition information, 21 days worth of hydration information, uh, condensed down into really easy to understand and implement uh, bits of information, videos, emails, uh, messages through our dedicated app. So if you're keen to either one, get started doing some strength training, some barbell work in the gym, or if you've been on an extended break from training and you want to get back into the swing of things, then click the link uh, at the bottom of the video uh, and yeah, book in for your completely free uh, intro session. And let's get started on a 21-day fundamentals program. Get strong. Get strong with two Ks oh, and strong, strong thick again. with three Cs. So, uh, today we wanted to talk about some of the things that uh, you should probably know before you start strength training. Kind of ties in well with... Obviously, our fundamentals program, we cover a lot of this stuff in, in more depth through that actual course. Um, but we wanted to cover maybe like the, the top five things to expect when you first start training. And I think number one, and probably the, probably the, the simplest place to start would be, you're probably going to get sore. <laughs> it's going to hurt. If you've never trained before, and you've never like touched a barbell before, um, then you're probably going to experience uh, it's called DOMS or delayed onset muscle soreness. Now, it's not actually a hundred percent clear exactly what causes DOMS. Um, there's obviously still outstanding kind of like research as to, like what the actual like mechanism is, but the theory is that it's the microscopic tears that you create uh, in within your muscles that cause like the sensation of soreness but uh, as a sort of a little thing to go alongside that uh, I also think that it's to do with 
including something new in what you're doing. You're introducing like a stimulus that your body hasn't ever really experienced before. Yeah, like it's not strong enough to. Mine's just gone blank. Like it's something that it needs to adapt to. That's the, that's the, yeah. That's what so it's like the uh, like. what is it? Uh, the uh, gas theory, general adaptation syndrome. It's like where you go through like the stages of like your body's in shock, which yeah. is probably the best way of kind of describing it. Like it is, yeah, it's, it's a shock to the system. Yeah. Like for all our bodies, like while you're actually training, you probably don't. The thing that you probably experience is uh, is obviously like your your muscles having to do some work. Whereas once you've actually taken that stimulus away, your body's kind of going, "Hold on, what the hell was that? We've just done there a a back squat. Okay, your legs and your <laughs> and your core are going to be a bit sore for a day or two. Jelly legs. <laughs> yeah." So number one, if you're a complete beginner, you're probably going to get sore. It's completely normal. Now, I've coached people, I'm sure you have as well, James, who uh, have experienced like crippling doms uh, in the days after their first couple of sessions. They're scared to come back. Yeah, don't want to come back. Next best thing to do is... That's uh, that's the best thing to do is come back. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Get moving. Put my teeth back in. Uh, best thing to do is to train again, get that blood flow going. Uh, if you wait until you're fresh uh, again to train, you're just going to have to go through the exact same process all over again. So to start out with, it'll be a little bit uncomfortable, but after a, a good week or two of consistently training, you won't really experience them that often until you kind of do like maybe uh, like a max out session. And that'll usually that's more to do with being like pumped and adrenaline. Yeah, like CNS all fired up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's allowing your body the chance to kind of adapt to what you like the stress that you're putting it under, um, and just allowing it to go. Okay, I guess this is what we're doing now. We're not just sitting on the couch eating crisps for you all can the. Just do it after your session. You can do that after your session. Yeah, like as long as they're <laughs> dense in carbs. Or, or alternatively, if you've like say been swimming for like twenty odd years, you might be like great in great shape, but all you've ever done is swimming. It'll be a completely different like a completely different sensation compared to the tiredness that you might experience from swimming. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like what I was doing, but if then going from weights into CrossFit, like lifting weights up with all that was fine, but the the cardio side, oh yeah, like running my legs was just gone after <laughs> shock to the system. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's like. That's number one on the uh, the kind of list of things to expect. We get like the unco- the uncomfortable stuff <laughs> out of the way first. Have you got like a number two? Um, don't you find yourself a coach. That's a great uh, a great. D- depending on what you want to, or a personal trainer, mm. or someone yeah. to help show you the ropes, make sure you're doing the things properly. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like an overlooked thing cause, because obviously everyone, obviously everyone's entitled to do exactly what they want. But someone who's like, say, I don't know, works in like an office job could have done some reading about training and then gone, oh, I'm going to go and implement that. Just from some fitness magazines. Yeah. Seen a, seen a work, I'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll start do doing that, that for like the next six weeks. And you probably will make a little bit of progress. 
but obviously that that like kind of just blindly following um, a fitness routine it's probably not really going to teach you anything that's what I did when I first got into it I didn't do me any mm. <laughs> it didn't do me any good yeah um, because you're just going to be following like a kind of like cookie cutter template it's like an attractive thing to go for like the fucking the rock workout uh, and stuff the, like that the rock's leg day mm. 4,000 mm. reps of lunges yeah so if you want to be able to uh, kind of learn a little bit more or you want like you want someone to kind of talk you through the the basics of programming the basics of movement sign up to the fundamentals program because that's literally exactly what that does I was going to say that <laughs> you can say it again in a minute mate don't worry <laughs> just cut, cut that brown yeah, yeah. um, so yeah finding a coach is uh, is a great option and whether you want to train as part of a group or like in a one yeah, to one or a class yeah one to one kind of setting it's a great idea to make sure that one, you're not going to hurt yourself because uh, that's obviously the big, that's a big thing is making sure that you're doing things correctly or within like a reasonable mm. margin for error uh, type type spectrum. Um, and two, you'll generally be able to pick that coach's brain about, about programming, about nutrition, about stuff outside of the gym. Um, because Basically that's they can like set you on the right path, can't they? Yeah, like, yeah. Set you up from day one rather than generally. Like for me, I I was winging it for the first two or three years. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's, if it's like a a male thing, a male ego thing. Like oh, I can do it all myself. I think a lot <laughs> of the time, a lot of the time, I was talking to someone about this the other day. A lot of the time, it is because obviously, like a lot of blokes have a hard time putting their ego in check, like. I'm, I'm a bloke and I've definitely had a hard time doing that in the past but when you actually do that your ego doesn't really serve you very well in the weight room a lot of the time because if you go in with like the the attitude of I'm going to beat that guy or I'm going to try and do better than than this guy or whatever you've already lost exactly because one you're probably going to be doing excuse me you're probably going to be doing like weights and stuff that you're not actually ready for yet and you're not really going to learn anything just by just by being competitive like there's a time and a place to be to have like a competitive kind of uh, nature to things but for the most part um, listening and <laughs> learning from someone else's mistakes found with a lot of coaches that we've often made stupid mistakes in the past like I always use the example of like my very first gym session was uh, rowing machines supersetted with dumbbell curls which is like probably the the most fucking idiotic thing CrossFit to do uh, yeah to do in the gym bear in mind I was only about 12 so it's kind of like one, one of them things but what happens is people go down a path of making those mistakes but not really seeing the the errors and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting like a different result, mm. which is generally the definition of insanity. 
I'm just trying to think, oh, yes, yeah, that's it. For, <laughs> for getting stronger, yeah, you do have to do the same thing over and over again. To get stronger at a squat, you need to squat. To get stronger at a bench, you need to bench. To get stronger at weightlifting, you need to snatch and clean and jerk and do a variety of assistance exercises. But when that's put together in a more structured way, it'll take your ego out of it and it'll mean that you actually make progress as opposed to just stagnate and not really get anywhere. See, so yeah, I think that's a good number two slash maybe number three. Yeah, find, I was going to say, find say like an, exa- coach. an example is like, again, I up like Matt Fraser when he wanted to get better at sprinting. He went to a sprinting coach, sprinting coach and yeah. he was getting outrun by like, he was saying by like 10-year-olds, like 10, 11-year-olds being like, I'll sprint by them. And he's like, what the hell's going on? Like, sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing something wrong. Can I yeah. like, that's you, a big you problem. Go down, down the track every night with like grown man with like with people who go running because obviously it's like a very low barrier to entry activity. Like you see people running almost like ducks, the way that like a duck would like is his feet will go kind of go, go out to the side. Like, like swing yeah, <laughs> watch out for that rack. His feet will go sort of like out to the side. Yeah, like a, like a circle. Yeah, and it's like. You look would look at someone like that. It's like you should probably go and see a running coach. A running coach, because for all, yeah, like great fair play, you're out running and all that. Especially now when it's like intermittently pissing down. For all you, for all that's great and like getting out and running and stuff like that is good for your health and all that kind of stuff. So people say. Um, not good for your drinks. <laughs> Absolutely. Long term, you're probably going to end up with more, more injuries and issues because you're not being as efficient as you could be because you have that ego element of, well, it's just running, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you look at like the... Just going for a run. If you look at like the best, so like the best athletes in the world, they all have coaches that... Sometimes, sometimes multiple coaches for, for exactly. different, different for, aspects of for different sports. things. So putting the ego in the pocket and investing in a coach, uh, even if it's just for a, a short period of time, you'll probably be able to uh, to take some nuggets away, some like little nuggets of information away, and improve like on that activity that you want to improve at. Like so, probably triathlons are probably a pretty good pretty good thing like that's three different sports which obviously all have a bigger emphasis on endurance yeah so it's probably going to make sense that one you have like a conditioning coach you try and find a swimming coach you try and find a running coach you try and find a cycling coach (laughs) all who have like a track record and uh, a qualified and maybe even have some experience in doing those activities and maybe even in doing an actual triathlon as well that would probably be pretty difficult to find but it's worthwhile looking if that's something that you want to obviously do and get better at here's a question like i think i saw this on instagram as well who would you hire more someone who like doesn't look like who's never done the sport but knows a lot about it Mm. someone who's done it but kind of like he's only got that doing experience and no, never had like, any coaching experience yeah I think I'm probably messing up the word near this but 
I, I know what you mean. So it's, it's kind of like the, the classic of not all great footy players make good football managers. Yeah. It's that, like, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. I would probably veer towards the person who's had the experience of actually doing the thing because it's all well and good like someone like, like I play in the forwards at rugby right so like no, the ins and outs of whatever it is the ins and outs of like scrummaging for example like I would probably trust having a conversation with a coach who knows what, what it feels like to to get the red down in a scrum over someone who knows a lot about like the theory yeah. behind it but that's not to say that someone who knows a lot about um, who knows a lot about the actual sport and the physicality of it is discounted, because it does come back to that whole just because uh, just because you ha- you've never done it doesn't mean that you can't be good at it. But I do think there is an element of you have to have experienced the thing in order for you to. I was just going to try and keep talking for as long as possible while you fix that. <laughs> there does have to be like an element of experience to it because even if you've like, for example, in rugby, even if you've only ever played at like a shit standard, like a fucking fifth team standard, that's still going to be a, like a pretty valid experience over the, the sort of person who's never actually done it before. I'm just going to hold that. <laughs> that makes sense. But yeah, there's there's not to say that I I would generally veer towards that. It's kind of like the the question of if you walked into a gym and everyone who was in there didn't... You walked into a gym like ours and all the people who worked there didn't look like they lifted weights or weren't like in some way uh, big guys or like girls or whatever didn't look like they were into it. Would you trust them? But then what about their clients are massive? Mm. Exactly. It's like it's it is it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like I, I do think there is um there's definitely a, a, a sort of practice what you preach kind of mentality uh around, around that, especially with mm. fitness. Like you should be implementing if you're trying to get someone to do something, you should be kind of implementing those things at a certain point anyway. It's like you're probably a pretty good example in that we've got obviously a big team of powerlifters uh, who want to go compete. Who want to go compete (laughs) and stuff like that. And so being able to ask you a question about going to compete, it's kind of like me with weightlifting, like people who want to go and compete in weightlifting, like would be able to come and ask me questions about it because obviously I've, I've coached people to do it and competed in it as well so I do think that you should have like an element of experience around the the thing that you're doing so personal training uh, if you've never if you've never really done like a sort of uh, maybe like a fat loss phase within your your training uh style it's kind of like you have no context about what that person's going through like they could have lost fucking 20 kilos for example like imagine carrying an extra 20 kilos round on top of what you are now you're going to feel completely different um so yeah i do think there is like there's something to be said for um 
finding people who are experienced in the thing that you want to get better at. I think there's um, it's kind of like a criteria for it. So I think number one is like a relevant qualif- some kind of relevant qualification that shows that at some point they've had to be like maybe tested mentally or physically to do with the thing that they're trying to coach you on. Um, the second is, have they uh, had success with people in the past? Um, and that's like coaching someone. doesn't have to be at like an elite level, maybe even at like a, a casual like weekend warrior type level. Um, even if we look at it in the context of weightlifting and powerlifting, have you had people that have competed in like local competitions as like an experience thing? And the last one is, have they competed at a similar level themselves? Which I think that's like a pretty good criteria to, um, to look out for when you are picking a coach. Because it means that a question that you've had is probably something that they're going to have come across anyway. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Number three? I'd probably call that maybe like one, two, and three. So, like, one was Dom's. Two was Gay. Two, get a coach. And three would kind of, like, two a cross-section with that was, like, put your, e- or 2.5. put your ego in check. Like, I think that's a pretty, uh, yeah. pretty good one. But we can expand on that a little more in that you might come into the gym with, like, all this, like, bravado of, like, oh, I'm going to be really good at this. Not many people do. But whenever it's happened, there's been a lot of people that have gotten humbled by, obviously, how how challenging getting stronger can be. Like in the short term, you will see a lot of a lot of progress, like a lot of str- definitely strength progress. Anyway, when you those when you CNS is kind of new, newbie gains. Yeah, when when you CNS is kind of like caught up with stuff, and you've you've had those. Um, you've had those like sort of neuromuscular adaptations to like maybe having a bar on your back or bench pressing and stuff like that. And then obviously from there, it's a case of, well, now you've got those adaptations, you need to adapt again and then again and then again to get to like a... It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're still coming back for more. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that could kind of be uh, tag along with point three of leave your ego at the door because as well as as well as that no one else really cares how well you're doing or what numbers you're putting up except you yeah <laughs> like there might be the odd one or two people they usually coaches who would buy into your results and want you to do better but for the most part no one else really cares as much as you do which mm. is kind of it well, should be it the should way be. anyway the way that it should be um, but I think that's a, a good sort of number three point. Like, be willing to be shit at something to get better at it. That's generally where it's kind of like a, it's got like a white belt mentality of like always wanting to learn something, always wanting to try something out, um, whilst making progress. I was gonna think of like a, I think it's a, Do- a Donny Jungle quote. It's like. Never, never be the big fish in the small ponds. Mm. You always want to be that little fish in the little fish the in the pond. in the yeah. ocean. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Still looking out for like looking up to the big guys, seeing like what they're 
what they don't know how they're doing it. Always wanting to learn more. Mm. Yeah, and like I, th- I think that is that is definitely true because it's easy to think that you know everything. I mean, like me and you, <laughs> kind of like fucking qualified up to the nines to coach people at a variety of different things, a variety of different sports and mm. fitness endeavors, and still probably have that kind of like imposter syndrome of, well, do I know enough? I, is is that right? Whereas someone who has like a, there's a there's a name for it, isn't there? The, the Dunning Kruger effect. That's the one. Yeah, like your confidence outweighs your competence. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny thing that Dunning Kruger. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. Was that hurting your arm? No, it was just annoying. Just annoying. Yeah, I'm surprised at how well mine stayed. Well, yours is a bit different, isn't it? Like the, mm, the clamp and stuff. The, the bottom thing. You might need to just push that that way a little bit. I think that should be. Yeah, that's well better. Um, yeah, the Dunning Kruger effect. It's like me, like breaking to a song, like just. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have your chef's hat on for that. Yeah. Um, the Dunning Kruger effect. So. Uh, it's easy to get carried away with that, like when when you first start something it's and you're like mad you keen you into it. Yeah, yeah, and you like you think you know everything about it. You read into it and then I kill it. I don't know anything. That's the peak of Mount Stupid, <laughs> where you're at your your most ridiculous point. And then when you realise how little you actually know, you go into the valley of despair. <laughs> and, and then I'm pretty sure the next one is called something like the. Uh, the climb of enlightenment <laughs> when you realize that there's always every day is like a new opportunity to uh, like learn something new or put something new into practice um, but don't get yourself stuck at the peak of Mount Stupid and think that you know everything because you've read a men's health article or followed the rocks fucking leg day for a, <laughs> for a couple of weeks because um, that's literally the like the sort of definition of the Dunning Kruger effect. So yeah, I think that's a that's a a, a great point. <laughs> so we're on to number four now. Four, number four. Next. Number four. Number four. Have you got anything for number four? Um, I'm just thinking here, like rec- recovery, more so like nutrition side of things. Yeah, definitely. Like rec- um, recovery happens obviously outside of the gym. Like near the other 23 hours of the day. Mm, 100%. So, obviously, with like recovery, we've done like a podcast at great length for recovery, but just as like a little, uh, I'll see if I can, yeah, so 27 minutes. What I'll do is I'll put a, uh, a little graph on the screen of like how recovery works. So, the process of it is called super compensation. Basically, if you think of a line, and this line is you stay in like completely the same when you introduce like a training stimulus so let's say uh, a training session in the gym for an hour your performance will actually drop underneath the line and then if we have adequate recovery then you'll recover a little bit better and then the next time you train hopefully you'll be fully recovered or as recovered as you can be and then that normal line is a little bit higher if we can keep on pushing that we super compensate, get stronger, build bigger muscles, get fitter, all that kind of stuff. 
and so it's like a little visualization tool of like how important recovery is i'll try and well i will i'll stick because there's a nice big gap here i'll stick it here um and yeah so that that kind of emphasizes how important recovery is um getting your six to eight hours sleep a night um and that's not just time in bed so that's actually actually asleep actual being asleep so things that are super useful for that is like an activity tracker um so my one is a whoop i think as you say you've got a fitbit or something like that yeah um and really the thing that i use that for last night's sleep is is for recovery to make sure that spending enough time in bed getting enough sleep uh, in general if you can get between six to eight hours of sleep good quality sleep um then you'll be absolutely fine obviously it's it's not perfect so you might have like a disrupted night you might find that you're a little bit cranky the next day but on the whole you'll probably be recovered enough to still do a session you might not feel as good as you could have done if you'd got like the full eight hours but on the whole you'd be absolutely fine Last night I got, let me just change this a second. I got 7 hours and 34 minutes sleep, which gave me a score of 88. Sound? That's pretty decent. Like Whereas so. Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night? Tuesday night. Only 5.5 hours sleep. I got 78, which is fair. So. <laughs> Still not too bad. Yeah, yeah but yesterday I did feel awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like the whole process of uh, recovery, mega important. The process of sleep split down into five different stages. You have to go through each stage, and that's the whole five stages last between like 60 to 90 minutes. You have to go through four to five of those a night to get a de- like decent recovery. So it's worthwhile prioritizing sleep. Uh, turning off like uh, House of the Dragon or Rings of Power or whatever it is that you binge watching at the moment, uh, going to bed an hour earlier uh, and yeah, allowing yourself that time to uh, fall asleep and have a good quality sleep. Yeah, it's just apparently in my profile is the tortoise. It says compared to others, tortoises may take a little longer to get to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing because I think it takes me a while to, it's like it's showing sure to, to fall asleep. Yeah. Because the thing that uh, you're probably sleep deprived if it takes you less than five minutes to fall asleep when you get into bed. Um, there's actually a test you can do for this, um, which is <laughs> if you have the opportunity to go for a nap, if you put like a like a like a knife or a spoon or like a fork like sort of in between your knees and lie on your side, start a timer on your phone or a stopwatch on your phone. And if it takes less than five minutes to fall asleep, it means that you, 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 need, to, you need to be prioritizing your sleep because you generally, it's a general uh, sign of being sleep deprived, which isn't what's good for the, you. What, what's the, uh, like, in the military, isn't like where they nap, like legs up? Yeah, so... Um, like 20, 20 minutes? Like like uh yeah, um oh, what the fuck is that called? Like the raise raise your legs up, uh, and like literally fall asleep wherever. Yeah, it's um it's called there's ones called NASA naps, which uh, are between six and twenty minutes long. Which if you can do them, great. 
Like, if you can get into, like, a dark, a dark, quiet space and set a timer for, like, 10 minutes, if you can raise your legs up above your heart and try and slow your heart down, you'll feel well refreshed. And also, if, apparently, if you want to feel the, the effects of caffeine more, have you got your coffee, mm. have a little Happy. nap, and then yeah. you wake up, it's like, yeah. and you're like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I've, I've tried that in the past, but it's yeah, never worked. Because um, I find that the smell of coffee is enough to sort of like, for me to be like, oh, there's coffee. <laughs> and be, uh, this is actually a decaf. So my cutoff now for coffee is midday. So for coffees, it's like midday. Uh, so I've had three uh, today, but it's like 10 to three now. So I'm on the decaf train. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, getting back to the point, like, Number four, prioritize uh, recovery, prioritize your sleep. Um, and you will see some good strength, muscle building, fitness gains. Number five? Number five, you could probably I say I think could be like nutrition. Doesn't have a role in the recovery? I can do. Or it could be separate. We could be separate. Like, okay. It depends what, uh, how you want to go about it. Like, recovery is quite broad, isn't it? Yeah, if you're brand new to, to training uh, and you've never really done anything, you might be a little bit out of shape, uh, you've never really done any training in the past, then just boxing off, actually getting to the gym is probably going to be enough for a couple of weeks and building that up as a habit. Hmm. Um, once you have nailed everything before that, so what, what, were the, what were the numbers? So number one was DOMS. Once you're over your soreness... That can take a couple of weeks if you tra- if you're pushing yourself really really hard. Uh, if yeah, you've got yourself have, a coach, have, having good nutrition can make the doms. Can make the doms even even better. So uh, that was good English right there, wasn't it? <laughs> good England. Um, if you've got yourself a coach, uh, if you've like prioritised your sleep, then generally I would say like prioritise your sleep and your recovery then the next sort of step can be looking at some wholesale sort of systemic nutrition changes. Um, but a really good, simple place to start is simply more drink protein. more water. Yeah. <laughs> drink water, eat protein. Drink water, eat protein. Make Get things. that on a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we took a video on the other day about uh, hydration and how important it is. Uh, yeah, like you lose you lose water when you sweat, um, and, and when you sleep as well. When you sleep, yeah, like you can lose like things like up to like fifty percent of your body's like water while you're asleep. So we so can when you, when you wake up, you just I always done like a pint of water. So chug some water, water, yeah. Like I'll usually have like a little sort of health shake. It's got like vitamin C tablet, uh, creatine, uh, and me vitamin D tablet. So. Um, First thing in the morning, it's like, mm, yeah, probably about a pint, yeah, about a pint of water, just to sort of, to help rehydrate. But in general, if you can drink, uh, like a liter of water for every sort of like twenty to thirty kilos of body weight that you've got, you won't go far wrong. Throughout throughout the day, spread it out throughout the day. Um, that's a really simple way of making sure that you're nice and hydrated, and then during your sessions. Take a little sip of water after every set. That'll help replenish any water that you might have lost in your training. Um, 
Yeah, and another sort of tip with nutrition would be eat some carbs. Um, a really, really effective tip is if you have like a little bit of a sweet tooth, uh, have that like that that sweet food. Uh, so maybe like a fucking bar of chocolate or like a like some cheesecake or whatever. Have that on the days that you train after you've trained. Like them sugary carbs are going to be used a lot more efficiently than if you had it on a day where you just sat around doing fuck all. Just because of the sugar and the energy that's in the food, your body's going to utilize it a little bit better, help with your recovery. Um, and yeah, it means that you can still eat that, the food that you want, without, without necessarily feeling particularly guilty about it. Cheesecake phrases. Mm, cheesecakes. Are, I was like, I was thinking about that, thinking, oh, cheesecake. Could go for a cheesecake. You got anything you want to add about protein to that? Because I know you mentioned drink water, eat protein, and I've just hijacked it with eat some carbs, eat some cheesecake. Also, yeah, it kind of goes back to point one as well. It helps your, your rebuild muscle after after a session. <laughs> so aim for like one point six to. 2.2 grams per pound. No, not sorry, per pound per kilo body weight. Like each day. Obviously, we'll have your diet as well. It helps keep you keep you fuller. Yeah. For longer. Yeah. That's like a, that's that can be an important one if you're um, if you're dieting. Because um, obviously, being hungry isn't nice. If you're looking to lose body fat, uh, then you might have to. If you're looking to lose body fat, and you've never really dieted before then it might be a sensation that you're going to have to deal with um obviously i get it it's not pleasant it can be a little bit annoying but if you eat some protein and drink some water it's probably not going to be that bad yeah not as bad as it could be anyway um so yeah like a common feeling dehydration is hunger as well isn't it which can often be they cross over yeah, yeah. So you get hungry down a glass of water, wait 15, 20 minutes. If you're, if still, you're still hungry, hungry, do it again. And then if you're still hungry, yeah. eat some food. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably say wait for like five minutes. Wait five minutes. Yeah. But then also, on the flip side of that, you've, you've just got rid of like half an hour of like feeling hungry. Like my, my thing with that is like five minutes is like, hmm, am I hungry? Aren't I hungry? Am I just dehydrated? Yeah, it's probably just that. We're just bored. Yeah. Do, yeah. Well, a, th- a thing with that is, like, you can also kind of distract yourself. Well, we've oh, there's got a dog. A little friend. Um, <laughs> you can also. <laughs> you can also. Dis- <laughs> you can also distract yourself. That was a distraction, my dad. Yeah. You can also distract yourself by doing, like, a little. Uh, sort of like a little workout. So, if you feel hungry and, like, drinking the water. Uh, hasn't even touched the sides. Maybe do like 10 press-ups, 10 bodyweight squats, go for a walk around the block. If you're still hungry, then it's probably time to eat some food. Nine times out of 10 though, it's probably that you were bored or your body was craving something else. So it's worthwhile giving that a go as well. Um, I think a bonus number six, unless you've got anything you want to add about nutrition, recovery, anything like that. Nope. Nope. I think a bonus number six is 
know that you're probably going to have a hobby for life when you get into strength training um, and that you can use age as an excuse, you can use your current level of fitness as an excuse, you can use a fucking variety of different things as an excuse not to start, but the only person that you're kidding is yourself because once you get into it and you realize, like, one, how much fun it can be to train with, with weights and to challenge yourself to do, like, new things, um, and two, how much more enjoyable it is than slogging your guts out going for an hour-long run, <laughs> and three, seeing how much more of your body you can train in that hour whilst also covering like a variety of different sort of rep ranges. Uh, you can do strength-based stuff, you can do muscle-building stuff, you can even do some endurance-based stuff if you really feel like it within the course of an hour in the gym versus going for a run, just kind of like pounding the pavement and looking miserable. Looking sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad. No one, looks, no one looks happy going for a run. No, no. It, it, it almost, and this probably comes back to like getting a running coach. A lot of the time, it looks like people are just falling forward and they're just about managing to get the foot out in time to keep themselves upright. Or should have more like strapped up knees and stuff. Yeah, and like, yeah. Wonder why that's happening. Um, but yeah, know that the feeling of getting stronger and challenging yourself. Not everyone might like that sensation, but <laughs> it's gonna serve your bones, your joints, your muscles, your central nervous system, your brain. And there's research to support all of that. It's gonna serve them so well as you get older, uh, as you become uh, traditionally less mobile, um, having stronger bones, stronger muscles, stronger tendons, stronger ligaments, it's going to serve you very well in the very, very long term as opposed to yeah, strapping your knees and your ankles up because you've, you've been bowling forward <laughs> on the pavement for like 20 years. Um, so yeah, just know that lifting weights can be an activity that you can do literally for life. I mean, in here we've got people from... Longer. Like, that was that. I mean, we've got people in here who, from the age of like nine <laughs> all the way up to like 60s, so actually, I think, I think six is the youngest who's been here, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, there's a whole other argument there of uh, should kids lift weights, um, which would probably be a good topic for another completely different podcast. It, it might be quite short though because it would be like should kids lift weights yes, yes. <laughs> show, show me research that supports uh, not kids not lifting weights um, show me research that shows that it's dangerous for stunting growth there isn't any the only thing that you probably need to do with a kid is make sure that they're like mentally a bit more mature to follow instructions and that the coach isn't going to let them do anything stupid because that's usually where kids get hurt is when the per the adult the uh, the adult <laughs> who's supposed to be in charge has let them do something stupid <laughs> like there's 
there's literally absolutely nothing wrong with letting a kid lift weights as long as they can follow instructions. The exercises are appropriate for them. Um, and the coach won't let them do anything stupid, um, which is kind of par for the course. Like, a kid's a kid. <laughs> They're probably going to do something stupid at some point. <laughs> Got to learn somehow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's, like, a, a good enough... Uh, I think that's a really good uh, place to end uh, this episode of the podcast. So don't forget to check out the uh, Fundamentals course, 21 Day Fundamentals, and we'll see you next week. Bye.